Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, September 8th. Coming up, we'll talk to Democratic U.S. Representative Sharice Davids about defending her seat in Congress this fall. But first, some headlines. Officials broke ground yesterday on Jackson County's new jail at the site of a former mobile home park near I-70 and Manchester Freeway. County Sheriff Daryl Forte says the current 40-year-old jail is inefficient and dangerous. He says the new detention center could accommodate inmates from Kansas City, although the city and county have yet to reach an agreement and Kansas City officials are considering building a separate jail. It's in everyone's best interest for us to work together and and, and figure out how we can handle the, the people that need to be incarcerated. The 1,200-bed jail is expected to take two years to complete and cost more than $250 million. A controversial Kansas City apartment project is moving forward without the tax exemptions it initially sought from the Port Authority of Kansas City. The Midwest Newsroom's Kayvon Mansouri has more. St. Louis developer Lux Living appears to be privately funding its $55 million apartment complex planned for the Berkeley Riverfront. The 251-unit apartment received unanimous approval Tuesday from the Kansas City Plan Commission. Port Authority officials say Lux Living is no longer seeking tax exemptions on the project from the board or any other entities. Bruce Eddy leads the Jackson County Community Mental Health Fund, which relies on property tax revenue for its funding. I continue to be skeptical about the mantra that you need tax subsidies in order to create residential and commercial. U.S. Representative Sharice Davids, a Democrat, represents the 3rd District of Kansas, which used to comprise Wyandotte and Johnson counties. But Kansas lawmakers redrew the state's congressional districts earlier this year, splitting the majority Democratic and minority Wyandotte County into two different districts. Now, the new 3rd District of Kansas includes Johnson County and only half of Wyandotte County, plus mostly rural and Republican Miami, Franklin, and Anderson counties. So Davids is facing a tougher election this year. KCUR's Brian Ellison spoke with Davids about what she's accomplished in Congress so far and what she'll do if she's reelected. What do you see as the key issue, or maybe two, that should decide this race in the minds of the voters of the 3rd District? You know, I can tell you that the, the things I'm hearing about the most from folks are probably, you know, issues around what I'll call lower lowering costs for folks, because I think a lot of people are uh, just feeling really kind of squeezed right now because of either inflation or supply chain issues. You know, the uh, coming out of the pandemic, at least the most intense parts of the pandemic have led a lot of people to to really see just how how tightly squeezed they are. And then probably the other thing that I would say, you know, in part because of the recent Supreme Court ruling um, with Dobbs is uh, issues around access to reproductive health care and, you know, the uh, either push against, which is where I'm at, the push against kind of extreme policies that would, you know, lead people to uh, have politicians making their health care decisions for them. And then, you know, and then I think past that, there's just continues to be a, a lot of other issues around, you know, access to health care, um, which in some ways that's that's part of the conversation around 
lowering costs. But yeah, those are probably the two biggest things. Well, let me take each of those issues in turn a little bit. Uh, the the state of the economy is obviously very much on the minds of voters. You've noted that a lot of them are facing real challenges with their costs, with uh, getting access mm-hmm. to things. The fact is that if you're returned to Washington, if Democrats uh, remain in control in Congress, uh, some would say that would mean the same economic policies are likely to uh, to be in effect. Would you want to see more of the same uh, financial policy directions or would you want to see something different if you're returned to Washington? Yeah, I think that... Uh, And I mean, these are all absolutely valid questions for people to be thinking about is, um, you know, what what have I been doing as the current representative? And, you know, this is again, I've been very, very focused on on lowering costs. And I mean, you know, my mom raised me and my brothers by herself. And so I I I grew up seeing what it looks like to have to, to navigate a really tight budget. And, um, and so I've been looking at ways to enact policies and push for legislation, like the recent inflation reduction act, we were able to cap the cost of insulin for folks who are on Medicare at $35 a month. Um, you know, looking at ways to, to fix our supply chains so that we're making more here, uh, domestically and, you know, obviously I'm biased. I think we can make a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff here in Kansas. Um, and you know, that's, that's things like semiconductors, that's things like medical supplies. Um, and then, you know, and then I'm, I'm going to continue to push for, for things that are just like common sense tools that the federal government can use to help lower costs for folks are you concerned about the budget deficit? Is there spending that you would you would cut? It has been one of the things that I have uh, certainly in in my time in the House that I've been um, a big proponent of making sure that we're being as as fiscally responsible as we can be, um, which I think again is probably part of you know growing up seeing what it looks like to to really have to manage your budget really closely. And, you know, the the Inflation Reduction Act actually does make a, a $300 billion payment on uh, the national debt, which will, in the long term, can help us reduce some of those inflationary pressures. It also, I, I mentioned the capping the prescription drug costs, um, including insulin, but uh, we're also going to see uh, Medicare is going to be able to negotiate prescription drug prices, which will not only save folks who are on Medicare money, but it also saves the uh, overall taxpayer money. It's interesting to to hear you talk about the economy and about proposals of the Biden administration, Democrats in leadership in Congress. When Republicans criticize you and other Democratic members of Congress, they tend to invoke the name of President Biden. They link you to him. Do you embrace that connection to the president or do you think you differ from the president in significant ways? Uh, (laughs) well, I have always, um, you know, I think that's what, that's kind of what politics looks like, I would say, which is one of the things that people are kind of, I think, tired of. Uh, and I've always said that I'm, look, I'm my own person. And actually one of the things that I, I truly believe people have appreciated about my approach during my time in Congress is that I, I mean, I've been willing to work with with anyone, Republican or Democrat, if if the outcome is something that's going to be good for Kansas. 
Let me come back to the other issue you identified as a top priority for Kansans, uh, that is access to abortion, access to reproductive care. Obviously, that's been very much at issue in Kansas in the national spotlight with the vote on the constitutional Mm -hmm. amendment. Your opponent, Mm -hmm. Amanda Adkins, describes herself as pro-life. But I wonder, how much should abortion access matter in this congressional race now that Roe has been overturned? Is that something Mm -hmm. that should be dealt with more at a state level? Or is this an important issue for you in Congress? First, one thing I do want to touch on is just kind of the impact where we're throwing it around that Roe got overturned. And I I do think it's important to to think about the impact that it had on people almost immediately. You know, here in Kansas, we were watching as our neighboring states were enacting or attempting to enact very extreme pieces of legislation uh, because because of where we're at, you know, right on this right on the state line here, um, we saw it much more up close and personal because there are people who, you know, live on the Kansas side, but work on the Missouri side and vice versa. And people were were just scared and had a ton of anxiety. People's lives were upended because without Roe, a lot of people just like acutely felt that uh, lack of, of protection um, for their rights. And so, you know, I think I think it's up to each individual voter how much of a priority they're going to put on it. But I do think people should know where where I'm at. People should know where Atkins is at on this and you know the i mean the choice is very clear i have um fought to protect our rights have fought to protect to make sure that people have the ability to make their own decision with their doctor and not have a politician making a decision for them around their what are really very difficult decisions often and then my opponent who has not only supported the most recent amendment but also you know, was was chair of the Republican Party when they were pushing for an extreme ban on abortion without exception for for rape or incest. But are there specific ways that you imagine that coming up in the next term in Congress, uh, as opposed to sort of an ongoing discussion about what state law should be? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Especially when we have people who are in the House and the, the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate uh, indicating that they would push for a national a national ban. Let me ask you one more question, Representative Davids. Uh, your district was redrawn after the 2020 census. Uh, it is. Uh, it was seen as, uh, as it's often been called a gerrymander. It's become more conservative, harder for you to win, uh, as it lost part of Wyandotte County, picked up some rural counties to the south. If you're mm-hmm. reelected, will you change how you represent your district in light of its changing composition? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a change in the way that I represent the district. I think it definitely changes some of um, the specific things that I get a chance to work on. In fact, you know, more recently, I'm, I'm actually I, I think I might be the most recent addition to the Agriculture Committee. You know, I, I, I recognize that I have a steep learning curve when it comes to um, the the new parts of the district, and I and I don't just mean agriculture. I mean, you know, it's it, it is it's gonna for sure take work for me to meet as many people as possible. I've been you know going out and visiting with folks in Miami County and and Anderson County and Franklin County because those are all new counties to the district. You know, Miami County used to just, it would, it would be just a smaller portion, but now the entire county is in there. And 
I, I think it's going to require me to, to, to learn a lot about maybe some new areas and sectors like, like agriculture, but it also, you know, means that I'm going to get the chance to help again, bring resources back to the Kansas third and, uh, and whether that's on infrastructure or small business or the ag committee, I'm going to continue to do that. And then for sure, uh, we're going to do everything we can to, to on my team to make sure that we're continuing to offer uh, constituent services, you know, because folks have a hard time sometimes navigating like social security or disability or, or uh, you know, Medicare. And we want to we want to continue to offer um, quality constituent services to help folks navigate that. That was KCUR's Brian Ellison and U.S. Representative Sharice Davids of the 3rd District of Kansas. Brian also spoke to David's opponent, Republican Amanda Adkins. You can hear that interview in yesterday's episode or online at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more election coverage and local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Tomorrow, we'll hear from a Kansas City mother about the downfall of a social media site that harassed her daughter and other transgender people. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.